Hi, I'm Jordani Karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember. But somewhere between college and the real world, I miss the memo on what I could be reading as an adult. For years, I've thought of adult fiction as this book's secret that everyone is in on but me. I decided to change that by focusing on fiction for a year and choosing books based on a specific genre or theme for each month. This is season one, episode 12 of Reading Like an Adult, and in this final episode of season one, we're going to delve into a book trend and reading theme I'm calling Classics Retold. While I was making my big, messy, maybe I'll read this sometime adult fiction list, I noticed that there are a lot of recent books based on classic works. Shakespeare, Jane Austen, and well-known fairy tales seem to be among the most popular examples of familiar stories that modern authors take and rework with a fresh perspective. Building a new tale on a familiar story structure can be a fascinating creative exercise, as I discovered during my month of reading in this vein. I thought December would be the right time to take on this reading theme because the holidays are, for many people, a time for tradition and stories. It ended up being even more perfect than I planned because one of the titles I read took place around the holidays, and two of them were, in my personal subjective definition, Christmassy books, even though technically they didn't take place during Christmas. My first read of the month was Vinegar Girl by Anne Tyler. I hadn't read anything by this prolific American novelist before, and now I know I need to explore her backlist further. Vinegar Girl was a fast, funny, sweet, completely charming read that is a retelling of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Kate Batista is a single, 29-year-old preschool assistant who hasn't yet figured out what she's doing with her life. Since her mother died, it's been up to Kate to look after her eccentric scientist father and beautiful, impossible younger sister. But when her father, Dr. Louis Batista, faces losing his lab assistant when his student visa expires, Dr. Batista begs Kate to be part of a green card marriage solution so his brilliant research partner can stay in the country. I love the chemistry between outspoken, acerbic, lovable Kate and her would-be green card husband, Piotr, as he starts falling for her in earnest. Tyler's family dynamics are pitch perfect, with Kate's relationship with her dad and her little sister just as fully developed. Definitely pick up this read if believable family dramedy meets modern fairy tale sounds up your alley. Also, if you're on the lookout for a quick read, Vinegar Girl is only 237 pages long. This read flew by for me and gave me a great boost at the beginning of my final month of my fiction project. Meg and Joe by Virginia Contra was my second read in this month of Classics Retold. It's a modern reimagining of Little Women that I think will appeal to fans of the original book, as well as readers who just want a good family story slash romantic comedy. In this version of the March Sisters story, Joe is an undercover food blogger in New York City. Meg navigates the universal struggles of women who are trying to be everything to everyone in their lives to their own detriment. Beth not only lives, but also gets to explore the world of professional music, and Amy at first seems like the spoiled brat that pop culture portrayed for so long, but ultimately becomes just as nuanced as the other three sisters. I grew up reading everything Louisa May Alcott, and the story of Little Women is as familiar as the back of my hand. It was fun to find the moments where this retelling was similar to Alcott's original work, 
and to notice all the ways that the author played with the story or brought a modern sensibility to the beloved tale of four sisters. I especially enjoyed the role that the Bear character, Professor Bear in the original book, Chef Eric Bear in Meg and Joe, played in Joe's story. It was a fun modern twist for their disagreement over her writing to be about the fact that she's a food blogger seeking clicks and shares, while he's a passionate chef who brings his family history to every meal he makes. I'll definitely have to read the sequel, Beth and Amy, when it's released next year. My next read for this month of Classics Retold was The Girls at the Kingfisher Club by Genevieve Valentine, a reimagining of the Twelve Dancing Princesses. In the fairy tale, if you remember, twelve sisters are kept trapped at home by their father, except for when they escape each night to dance, returning to leave twelve pairs of worn-out shoes at the foot of their beds. In Valentine's 1920s reimagining, the twelve sisters are stunning flappers who mystify and captivate Manhattan speakeasies every night when they sneak out of their father's house to dance. This was my favorite read of the month. Valentine's prose is gorgeous and uniquely visual, bringing you into the sisters' private world of dancing with striking images, almost as if you were watching this book instead of reading it. But the story doesn't get bogged down in too much poetry and description either. The sisters' nightly trips to clubs where men know only to address them as princess, no names, are sustaining them when the story begins, but they can't keep living this double life forever. Once their secret is out, each sister must summon the strength to find her own destiny. Valentine's feminist update to the fairy tale brings a modern sensibility to the Twelve Dancing Princesses story while feeling authentic to its 1920s world which, after all, was a real era where young women did break up social norms by dancing, by cutting their hair, by experimenting with daring new fashion trends, and forbidden drinks sipped in underground clubs. While they're two very different stories, the girls at the Kingfisher Club put me in mind of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab, another favorite read from this year. Both books have exquisite writing, with sentences you want to reread to appreciate properly, and both stories are fueled by a defiant joy that makes them especially perfect reads for 2020. My final read for this month of Classics Retold was Eligible, a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice by Curtis Sittenfeld. Like Meg and Joe, Eligible stays very close to its source material, but updates each element for a modern setting. In this version of the Bennett sisters' lives, their mother is eager to marry them off, but the family home, where Mary, Kitty, and Lydia all still live, is in Cincinnati. Liz writes for a magazine, and Jane is a yoga instructor. They're both living in New York City, but fly home to help the family after their dad has surgery. This read might not be for you if you're a die-hard Austin fan who can't bear to see the original Pride and Prejudice changed in any way, but I thought this was a fun, unconventional update. I would describe this book as if Wes Anderson made a modern version of Pride and Prejudice, the deliciously deadpan narrator gives the story a royal Tannenbaum's vibe that I enjoyed, and the story elements are just close enough to the original beats to stay true to Austin's story, but also different enough that you'll still be surprised by the plot twists. Setting aside for the moment everything else that happened in 2020, it was a wonderful reading year for me. After a decade or so of hitting a wall when I tried to read adult fiction, I finally found doors into a whole new world of reading, and my TBR list has never been more complete, or so long. 
I wanted to sum up my reading journey this year by listing my personal favorite moments from the genres I explored. I discovered that I love a great romantic comedy in book form. This genre, along with its companion genre, Chick Lit, is one I kept returning to throughout the year whenever I needed a fun, light, sweet read. A favorite rom-com that I read after writing and recording the romantic comedies episode was The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. I also read and loved the whole Shopaholic series by Sophie Kinsella after reading the first book for this podcast. I'm currently reading the newest installment, Christmas Shopaholic, not because I wasn't eager to read it, but because I wanted to save it to read over Christmas vacation. When I set a reading goal of reading one adult fiction title per month at the beginning of this year, I definitely didn't picture myself devouring a nine-book series by the end of it. I also realized this year that I need more literary fiction in my life. I found this genre really intimidating going in, but I realized during my month with this reading theme that literary fiction just means I'm reading about people who feel real and who struggle through very human problems in ways that aren't wrapped up neatly the way you expect in genre fiction. I adored the mingled high drama and believable everydayness experienced by the cast of Bel Canto, and I rooted for Celestial to find happiness in An American Marriage. I ended up reading too many books that month to talk about on the podcast, so here's one more recommendation. I also enjoyed Still Life with Breadcrumbs by Anna Quindlen. It's far more unusual than it should be to read a book with an older protagonist, and I love that Still Life was, in a sense, a coming-of-age story, even though it's about a 60-year-old woman. I always appreciate a reminder that even after loss and failure, life can begin anew and still holds excitement and possibility. Two surprise discoveries for me in my year of reading fiction were psychological suspense and science fiction, both genres that I didn't expect to love. Psychological suspense is a subgenre of thrillers, and while I found that reading month that I don't typically like thrillers, I do enjoy this specific subgenre that's more about character development than shocking plot twists. I love discovering Tana French and Laura Lipman, and I have the third book in the Dublin Murder Squad series, Faithful Place on my reading list for January. Science fiction fired up my imagination in a way that I haven't felt for a long time, bringing to mind my childhood obsession with fantasy books. I loved picturing strange creatures and entering new worlds. One great sci-fi read that I started during my month with this theme, but didn't finish in time to write about for the podcast was Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. Two words, creepy mermaids. If a journey into the Mariana Trench to to discover them sounds like a great reading fit for you, I highly recommend it. The last genre discovery I'll talk about for this year is Magical Realism, my reading theme for the month of October. As I've mentioned many times, I just can't get into high fantasy as a genre in my adult reading life. I'm glad I gave fantasy a chance with a whole reading month in April, but I learned yet again that it's not for me. However, I love a weird fantastical twist to a story grounded in a believable modern human reality, and that's what you get with magical realism. I'm excited to return to this genre and keep discovering more reads that charm and haunt me the way the particular sadness of Lemon Cake did. Thanks for listening. A lot of books were mentioned in this episode. Here they are. Vinegar Girl by Ann Tyler. Meg and Joe by Virginia Contra. Little Women by Louisa May Alcott The Girls at the Kingfisher Club by Genevieve Valentine The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by B.E. Schwab 
Eligible, A Modern Retelling of Pride and Prejudice by Curtis Sittenfeld. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. Christmas Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella. Still Life with Breadcrumbs by Anna Quinlan. Faithful Place by Tana French. Into the Drowning Deep by Mary Grant. And The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake by Amy Bender. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com for the show notes. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you could join me on this reading journey. This episode is the final installment of Season 1 of Reading Like an Adult. Feel free to revisit earlier episodes if you haven't had a chance to listen and would like more reading recommendations, and I hope to bring a new season of book fun to you sometime next year. Until then, happy reading everyone.